just trust me. Okay, this is Michael, and I am here today for another fabulous update on business and money. What is going on out there with the incomparable magnate from Yorktown, Colin McDowell? How are you, sir? I'm doing very good. Thank y'all for having me on here and making me look like I'm such a superstar when I'm really just a simple dude from York County. Like he's he's a simple guy from York County that every time I turn around, he's got another post about another award. So shut your mouth. No, you got the you got the what did you get the, you got the beard? <laughs> oh, last that was time a great one. Week. The old man award. Yeah. That was the great. That was that was beautiful. And we got to give a shout out to one of his top marketing people. Um, I love her. Went to high school with her. What is her name? The Me- fabulous Megan Rimmer. Yes, we love you. We miss you. She's out in Nashville now, right? No, she's in Carolina right now. Oh, I thought they were out in um, Tennessee. Moved, they have moved around so much. Can't keep husband, track of you, girl. But you take fabulous pictures. Love it. She's killing it. She's killing it. And also to your son who listens. Oh yeah, Riker man. Yeah, he loves it. He loves this show. Thanks for tuning in and tell all your friends. Just trust me, okay? <laughs> yes, and the lovely long legs Lizzo. Hey, Michael. Hello, darling. You look fabulous and prideful. We just learned a lot about lithium batteries, so now let's get back to task with what's going on with prices are surging. Here's what is getting more expensive. So I'm just going to try to sum it up real quick Everything. and then go into it. Everything. <laughs> so by now, you probably know, and this is literally what it says, you know that everything is getting more expensive. From furniture to used cars to uncooked beef roasts, consumer prices have grown steadily since January as the economy recovers and Americans are spending money again. Also spending prices high. I'm sorry, also sending prices higher. The ongoing pandemic has complicated supply chains, limiting supply even as demand for goods soars. Overall, consumer prices rose 5% last month over the previous May, the biggest jump since the summer of 2008 and more than predicted the predicted 4.7% increase. Here's what you need to know about how prices are changing. Thinking of buying a new couch? Maybe some new bedding? Be prepared to pay more than usual. The household furnishings and operations prices, which includes categories such as domestic services and furniture and bedding, increased 1.3% last month from the outset. The change doesn't seem like much, but it marks the largest monthly increase since January 1976. Last spring, as the pandemic brought economic chaos, sawmills closed. This is the biggest one, and that's why I'm not getting my back deck done yet. Sawmills closed in anticipation of a housing slump. That slump never came. Now, lumber prices are exploding as the lumber supply has tried and failed to keep up with demand. What are your thoughts on this so far? I was just thinking how crazy the commodities market must be. At this point with wood and and just all of the these things that are getting more expensive. What made them think that it was going to slow down? I know anyone involved in real estate or any companies that deal with it, like inspection companies and stuff. They didn't it just see soared the interest, on through. They didn't see the interest rates go down. And you can social distance and still show houses and things. Yes. And uh, just wear a mask. And Where you- there's a will, there's a mask. Uh-huh. So, yes, it was crazy. What are your thoughts here, Colin? Uh, I mean, it, it's obvious we're inflationary. Like, that's what we're in. We're in the middle of inflation. And when you look at what inflation does, I mean, you devalue your dollar, 
Right. Right. So, but then at the same time, you increase how expensive your purchases are going to be. And this again affects everything your health care, your gas, your clothing, everything is intertwined. So you think, hey, you hear a number like 1.3%. Well, let's to- look at the totality of what inflation's running right now, plus what you're losing. You're probably spending about 10 or 15% more than what you were this point in time last year if you were averaging it out. And in some cases, like wood, you're spending vastly more, right? You're spending 180% more yeah. than what you did at this point last year. But when you really average out, how many, how often are you buying wood for your house? See what see where I'm going with this? You're right. not using it at the same frequency. But right. the things that you use at the same frequency like have food, gone up. Like yeah. beef? Yeah. yeah. But they have gone up, but nowhere near 180%. Right. Right. So that's why I said this averaging out, you'd have to look. I mean, across the board... It's easy to sensationalize things and say, well, look at wood, right? Mm-hmm. And look at some of these other things that were really dented and have now, you know, double, tripled, quadrupled their pricing. But most of it has not. I mean, your health care really hasn't gone that, that far up if it has gone up at all for anybody. Yeah. I ju- it's, it seems like it's getting even worse, too, because now we're talking about transportation. For the second consecutive month, used car and truck prices surged. Last month, they rose 7.3%, accounting for around one-third of the overall increase in prices in May. In April, used car and truck prices rose 10%, the biggest monthly rise since used car data was first tracked in 1953. New cars got more expensive, too, rising 1.6% in May. That's the largest one-month increase since October 2009. I love that they can go all the way back. It used to be you drove a car off the lot and it lost its value. Now you drive a car off the lot, you may actually make money off of it if you sold it again. It's the chips right now. Yeah, There's a the- chip shortage that's actually caused this, minus the production delays that you had in COVID. So, again, it's a compound issue. So now chips are the, the sought-after thing, so they need those to run those the, all the electronics in there. And right. if they ain't got it and they can't build them, so guess what? Everything else that you do have right. becomes more expensive. Yes. So actually, your cell phone's like that right now. Because of the chip shortage, mm-hmm. you can take an old cell phone. My brother did this. Uh, Samsung, like he had an old Galaxy that was four or five years old. He literally took it in, and they gave him a brand new Galaxy, no cost, because they need the chip. What? They need the chip. Oh, well, I got some phones upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I've got, a, I've got a whole box full of them. I'm telling you. Yep. There you go. You got some money. There you go. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, it's... And to the folks that want a car and not need a car, you may just want to sit still. Mm-hmm. And I ordered one, and it'll take me six months to ever get that on thing. At least. Oh, Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what they told me. I bought a... Uh, I ordered a custom Chevy Tahoe 2021, mm-hmm. and... They oh, because of the all of the um, holdups. Well, yeah, because of the holdups, and I want it this year because I want the twenty five thousand tax write off from my LLC. That's what I want. Those dirty bitches, get it together! <laughs> Come on, tell Chevy to get it, get it together, get it together, Chevy, and also at least send me a bill for it. Yeah, <laughs> and support our show, Chevy. Come on now. Yeah, travel. Americans have been stuck at home for over a year now, but with relaxed COVID restrictions and increasing rates of vaccination, travel is returning, and people are eager to get going. Airline fare prices continued to surge, rising seven percent last month. Other forms of travel, transportation, continue to rise. Car and truck rentals are twelve point one percent more expensive and other intercity transportation now costs two percent more once you get to your destination things aren't as bad intercity transportation prices decreased 0.4 percent last month i'm not surprised about this this makes sense to me um i took a huge 
advantage of going and traveling while everybody was sitting at home scared. I traveled the most I've traveled in a long time last year. Well, because it was really cheap. I mean, your plane. And there was nobody on the plane. Yeah, it was cheap. It was I'm, it was fabulous. Well, I'm going to Vegas here on the 22nd to the 25th. Good. Let us know next month how I, it was. Well, I mean, I, I bought the tickets two months ago, and so tickets total round trip. I think we're about four hundred and thirty dollars. Right. Total. That's not that's not bad at all. And and then. But I've I'm got, wondering how many people will be on your plane. Yeah, I, I don't know yet, but obviously, and then I got a a suite at the MGM. Mm-hmm. For what up there, twenty second, twenty fifth. So I leave the twenty fifth. So for three days, three nights. I mean, I'm you have there got for, to make it a like point to go bucks. by the new stadium that's out there. I, I will when I'm not at the conference. I mean, I have nothing better Just to do. Jump than over eat food and go to a conference. And we'll, we're gonna send I'm you a task gambler, list. So. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah gonna I'm, not go, a ga- I'm not a gambler. Go look at so. the building site for Celine's new theater. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go look at the. A, the whole football stadium thing because they've got a club bar thing. What is it? The end zone or the whatever? End, yeah, something like we were talking about that. Yeah, for the Raiders. Was, that's I wish, fabulous. I wish I were one of those people because I'm just flying in just to do the speaking thing. Oh, you just do it and go. Thing. I wish I could just fly in that night, go in the next morning, <laughs> do my speaking thing, and fly out that very same I have night. done. Oh, God. I I've done. I'm not one of those people that could do that and then my body's going to be. Oh, your body is yeah, yeah. over it. Yeah. Uh, I did that in my younger younger days. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I'm not a jet setter. Like I need I need my time to sleep and planes are not comfortable. I don't care who you are. Unless you're flying like on those very United Emirates, you know, where you've got a whole uh-huh. bed in your own little category kind of thing. That would be dope. I left at six AM from Norfolk uh and got, <laughs> my body would got not to be LA at like eleven that morning and took a red eye out of LA that night and oh. got back to Norfolk. God bless you. I can do it. No, it was crazy. (laughs) It's because she created time. So it's okay. Food. If you're planning on buying uncooked beef roast or beef steaks at your July 4th party this year, you might want to reconsider the price for each roast 6.4% and 4.3% respectively last month. As an alternative, you could try Frankfurters, which are 1.9% cheaper than an April or ham, which is 2.7% cheaper. Overall, meat, poultry, fish, and egg prices rose 1.3% last month. Fortunately, however, pickle prices fell 2.1%. <laughs> Non-alcoholic beverage prices fell 0.5%, and fruit and vegetable prices overall didn't change. So you can at least stock up on sides and drinks for your holiday celebrations. Oh, yeah. That's what you could do. You host it and have everyone bring the main parts. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, no. Hey, that's pretty good. I thought that was going to be a lot worse, those percentages. I feel like everything looks a lot more expensive. Like, I feel like yesterday when I went to the store for 80 bucks, I left with, like, not too much. Soda prices are pretty good, though. I will tell you that. And I'm stuck with all of the Dr. Pepper Zeros. I didn't teach you how to go to all these. No, I had to get um, toiletry stuff. Like, I had to get some Listerine, toothpaste, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not all Ding that. Okay. So. You had to get some one ply. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one ply. One ply is awesome. <laughs> one ply fits all. Although prices are rising, there is some good news, particularly if you need the doctor. The medical care index, which includes items such as medicinal drugs, medical equipment, and healthcare services, increased 0.9% over the last 12 months. Yes, that's higher than su- the same point last year, but it's the smallest increase since March 1941. That's finally the healthcare is going down a little bit. <laughs> Just point nine percent. You know, it's funny the way they wrote that is medicinal drugs. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, it will, medicinal. What other kind of drug would they be? 
illegal drugs. <laughs> Recreational. Is it, They're but, like, however, heroin prices are the same. See what I mean? I'm not getting where they're trying to go here with that. Like, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> I'm sorry, medicinal drugs. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Medicinal, but not fun drugs. Uh-huh. On that note, we'll take a break while you go play with your recreational drugs and be right back. Welcome back. Lyft has yet to disclose sexual assault incidents as cases grow. So what I will say about this is, yes, I lift a lot to places, not as much as I used to, but I, I do. And what I noticed was one time, and I had been using it for so long, I have over like 600, 700 rides. It gives you a little sticker, so that's how I know, uh, or badge or whatever you want to call it. It actually, when we were sitting somewhere, we sat for so long, um, I think waiting, I think they did me a favor and we're like, we'll go through Wendy's or whatever. We were sitting in the line, a little um, alert came up and it said, from Lyft, are you in danger? Your car has been sitting still for so long, we want to make sure that your health is okay. Are you in danger or are you okay? So I liked that that came up. Um, it, <laughs> it has not pertained to me, but... I'm, I thought that was yeah, a move in the up, right direction. The last time I rode Lyft over here, it came up. I guess you see it, what I'm saying. Yeah, and I didn't know what it was after. It I was, didn't know this was going on, but now it makes more sense. Yeah, it right? was a notification I didn't look at until I got here, and I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I didn't. So, I thought it was trying to get me to tip. So more than three years after ride hail companies Uber and Lyft first pledged to release safety reports disclosing incidents of sexual assault and abuse on their platforms. Lyft has yet to do so. And like I said, that stems from three years. So, meanwhile, hundreds of passengers are now lining up for potential lawsuits over alleged incidents of this nature. Plaintiff lawyers tell CNN Business News. So, in May 2018, after a CNN investigation into sexual assault and abuse incidents by ride-hail drivers, each committed to releasing them... And what does it say? By the end of 2019, Uber put out its first report, which revealed it had received 5,981 reports of sexual assault involving passengers and drivers in two years prior, including 464 reports of rape. I feel like these numbers are really high. How, does it- how many millions of rides do people catch versus, again, we always got to do the real logical math. Yeah. Is it, is it, again, is it a percent of a percent? Now that you're going, and I'm not saying that that's not wrong. I'm yeah. saying that's absolutely <laughs> wrong. But right. I don't like how we make something bigger than what it is without understanding what the yeah, problem is. Yeah, they didn't tell us the denominator. Yeah. They only gave us the numerator. It, right. And so, I mean, if I wanted to look at this, I'd look at it through a lens. What are their policies other than what they have? What are they doing to vet the appropriate driver? Forget about the car type, how many miles it has on it, but the actual person that is your driver. How many people are vetted through that process? What is their process? I'd like to know all those things before I could even address a 586 number out of however many millions. Because, again, it, it, it's something that wh- – what's your responsibility in this? As a company, right. you need to make sure you're providing your drivers with safety, but your consumers with safety. What right. are your practices and procedures for that? And if you're finding that you're having a problem with something and it's something of this nature that's that, you know, that nuts – 
then you might want to look at the individuals that you're driving or what areas or where is the sexual assault coming from? Because and I guarantee you they can't count the cases because guess what? How many of them have actually turned in the case? Here's what I have to say. I, I don't think this is that ridiculous. Okay, so you want to sign up and you want to be a Lyft driver. Fine. Now, what I do know is Lyft, I believe it's only Lyft. I don't believe Uber does this, but Lyft has it to where they have cars that are owned by Lyft that you can pay a weekly amount to rent. Mm-hmm. So, number one, those cars, number one, should all be with a camera in the car. That's number one. Right. Number two, if you want to be a Lyft driver or an Uber driver, require them to have a camera in the car. And if they don't want to go buy one, offer packages to buy it themselves or to pay it off over the course of weeks or whatever. That, I mean, come on. Is that that hard? If, if no, po- yeah. police have to have dash cams and body cams, why should they not? If they're they're entrusted with your lives and you're entrusting them with their vice versa. I, I don't understand what the problem we is. Have, we, have, we have cameras for everything else. Why not? Yeah, I've seen them in many of the cars that I've been in, and I think it's because the drivers are used to people bitching for no reason. Now, I have dealt with plenty, and so has Liz, of the drivers that just have no personality, and they're kind of come off as assholes, but they usually have cameras because they probably get so many complaints and lied on that they're like, no, look at the ride. Well, see, I just don't want people getting spun up on this, like... Oh my God! Every time I hop into a lift, I got to worry about being sexually assaulted. Oh, that's I've, really yeah, the narrative that's a, that becomes you're right, told through you're this right. lens. And when you say that, but listen that, to us, we would tell you no, no, no. Right. But that—that's what I mean. But that's the narrative the news will make you feel, and that's not—that's not appropriate. Because again, yeah. how many of these cases have been found? Like that person was guilty of that. Right? No, you're saying allegedly allegedly right? allegedly these 586 <laughs> cases exist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, if that's it. Then and, what? What's the outcome of those cases? And right, and that me, number will trim down. Let me quickly. give you a generic example of how many of these were were. I've been in, in gotten in Uber and Lyft before, very very intoxicated, uh-huh. and, and have brought home a Lyft driver. To, I knew it. This is what I was going to ask. Yeah, I was like, and, I know this is where this is and, heading. And sometimes, and that has happened to a lot of people. I'm pretty I sure. I have heard it from more than one. I will say this is one of the areas I've never done this. Uh-huh. Yay! Uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes there's a little bit of buyer's remorse with that. Right. And I just think put a camera in there. I mean, and the Lyft driver has the prerogative to go off duty and... Uh, and there was once upon on a duty. time a DoorDash guy came back later. That's all. <laughs> Not wow. On duty. On duty. Not on duty. I, 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 like, I like how she put that on duty, off duty. <laughs> off duty. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, that I was can't so funny. The DoorDash guy came back. Wow. Girl, if you saw him, he would have come back to you too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How this did is, that even take place would be really probably the better question. Yeah. No, so I texted him and I said a question about like, are you even on your way yet? Because it looks like you're sitting still. He's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So we were communicating about it before just about the actual delivery because he wasn't there yet. And oh, I was way, at work. Gemini? I went outside. I got the thing. And when I came back in, I had a text through their messaging service that said, hey, let's take this off of here. So that way I could talk to you some more. And I was like. Oh. Just trust me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So he came back. That's interesting, because I've only only done this with drivers. I never had the need to, but it was just like, I'm looking at the little map tracker, and he wasn't moving, so I mean, whatever. Not like you know what they look like before they, I don't, yeah, there's no pictures of them. No, no pictures. I didn't know, but it was hilarious. I couldn't believe it. So Airstream unveils a camper van that you can take off-road. 
Airstream has long been famous for its classic, shiny camper trailers that can be parked along the smooth dirt driving paths of campsites that have hookups for electricity and plumbing. But now it has come out with its first four-wheel drive off-road camper van for those who want to get even further off the beaten path. <laughs> what a natural transition talking about skeevy <laughs> adventures. Now we're talking about a brand new off-road camper van. Thank God Dahmer is gone. So look with at the, the, the list price on this. What, what is it? What is it? Hold on. Where is it? Uh, holy be. Moses. With a starting price of about... Instead of getting a house, $214,000, the Interstate 24X has knobby off-road tires and all-wheel drive, allowing it to crawl along muddy, rutted trails with less chance of getting stuck. Its sheer size, as the name implies, it's 24 feet long, could prevent it from getting too deep into the woods, but it's designed to venture further into the forests or deserts than Airstream's other camper vans. How funny. What made you flag this, Lizzo? Because of the $214,000 cost. That's I, crazy. I don't know. I, I've always wanted to own it. How R- much is a G-Wagon? A G-Wagon? Yeah. What is that? About $214,000? It's about two fifty, three hundred. Yeah, think. I think I'll stick with that. I've, I've always <laughs> wanted to have an RV just because it's it just sounds intriguing to be able to drive your house around. <laughs> Well, um, but they're, they're, but this isn't this isn't even the most expensive one out there. I mean, you no, have, it's definitely yeah. not. Yeah, you have plenty that. This are more is the expensive. more of I guess the most expensive little one. Well, I mean, but you have a lot of people now that like to travel around. And maybe- yeah, and I like I like driving a lot and like traveling through. I like to see the this countryside and you know since we've given up our favorite pastime drunk driving uh it'll be a lot better yeah (laughs) and i'm not sure the irs rule but i know a lot of people like you have to actually park it in different spaces right in different states certain Mm. amount of times in a year and you can generally write it off as a second home right yeah i would so i I mean mean, that's my initial thought at one point was just drive around the country and i just (laughs) I'll come stay with you, but you don't have to put me up. I'll just have my little house outside. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people are doing that. My grandparents on my dad's side, his mother and my my step-grandfather, however that works. I always feel weird saying that. um, They do that. They Mm -hmm. come over and they park in their driveway. Mm-hmm. And that's their little like Randy Quaid in-laws yeah. suite. Christmas vacation, I one of the best movies it. ever. Yes. I'm emptying the shitter out. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, go empty your shitter out and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Childcare worker shortages, weightless parents face hurdles returning to work. So what made you go ahead and frame this out, Lizzo? Just <coughs> just how hard just how hard it, it is uh, for people going back to work and how tough the economy's been on on people. Uh, this is an economic kind of a deal. Yeah, because the actual caption um, says, as the economy reopens, parents are in a blind, I'm sorry, bind. Child care centers have a shortage of workers, leaving the number of open slots lower than usual. Right. Yeah, that's really, that's awful, especially considering what is the huge thing everyone's getting pushed for now? Go back to work. Go and back then, to work. Good and luck with the kids. <laughs> and good luck with the kids who are being homeschooled because, you know, schools yeah. that, uh, or have been at home and... 
That's, yeah. you know, exactly. Things aren't exactly coming back synchron- <clears throat> synchronized. And I find, right. I find it kind of, you know, fascinating the struggles that a lot of families are having uh, with, with the new, with a, what I'll call the new economy. Uh, for instance, my, well, I don't want to get into details with this, but, but my ex with the kids has issues with this. My kids are old enough to stay by themselves, but, uh, she wants to keep an eye on them. And there's some reasons why you do want to keep an eye on them, mm. but, uh, childcare can be an issue. And, oh, in a lot of other countries, there's state provided childcare. Right. What are your thoughts here, Colin? Um, I would say, I mean, obviously, we got to look at, yeah, this is not over, right? Not everybody's been vaccinated. Not every state has, you know, relaxed a lot, re, uh, the guidelines, their regulations. But also, work hasn't transformed completely. You have a lot of companies that were really cool and saying remote work, and they figured out a way. And there's other companies and places you just can't do that, right? You can't remote work at a fast food restaurant. You can't remote work. At Target, right? Right. You cannot remote work at certain things, so it has put a lot of parents and stress, you know, on the families because now you're dealing with how do how do I take care of my child? Where do uh-huh. I put them? Right. Yeah. And if you can't find a babysitter, if you can't find somebody you're comfortable with, but and then daycares aren't open and other things have restrictions still. Again, I can only have so many kids because can't put in danger, right? You know, somebody. It just that's a lot to take. And then on the people for a lot of see folks. because the people yeah. that work in these daycares and stuff they were shut down they were collecting unemployment and this is what i find more fascinating is that that the people that work in these are in that area because the unemployment's been kicked up a bit that they're making more money unemployed than they are working yeah that's a trap and it's absolutely kind of, and it's, it's kind of a trap it's a problem and it's you know while it was good when people with higher paying jobs were unemployed initially <clears throat> these jobs are all coming back now yep. and uh you know, it's just I I just it's it's an issue, and it's I just wanted to point bring it out there. Well, everyone, be aware of that, and maybe start hitting up the in laws or your parents because that might be the only source. Mm. Um, we're gonna close this out with talking about stocks. <clears throat> oh. As I have a frog in my throat, mm. what to know about short selling stocks? Hey, Michael, how do you short a stock? So first of all, <clears throat> told you I have a freaking frog in my throat. Short selling or shorting means an investor expects a stock to lose value. In a short sell, investors borrow stocks and immediately sell in hopes of making a profit. So what is short selling? Well, I'll tell you. Short selling is an investment strategy where the investor profits if the stock price drops. Someone will borrow shares under the agreement. The stocks will be returned. The investor then sells the shares they just borrowed in hopes that the price goes down. If the price goes down, the investor will buy those stocks at the lower price and return the borrowed shares to the lender. The difference between the initial value and the shares lower price is how the investor makes a profit. So what do you want to talk about with this, I just find Well, there's this story I put up right before that and with the the whole shorting of uh, GameStop and uh, and AMC and those being in the, in the headlines. I wanted the people to understand how, how shorting of people made money off that. But the interesting thing is how much money can you lose on when a stock doesn't go short? You can lose an infinite amount of money if it goes up. Like, for instance, I'll, I'll just put an example out there. Well, because I remember the example we used, they used a book as a tangible example. And then they were talking about, meanwhile, this book goes to this price, that book goes to that, and all of that. And so, yeah, they were talking just, about the loss, and it's a huge risk. I borrowed one share of stock from Colin, and 
I, I sell it for $10. Well, I have to pay him back that stock within X amount of days. And meanwhile, something I didn't know happened and that stock goes up $100. I have to buy a $100 share of stock. What if that stock goes up to $250? I have to buy that sh- at that price. So you can lose way more money. Unlike buying a stock, holding on to it, the most you can lose is the money you put into the investment. This you can lose more than you can ever make out of it. Now, this is something that you said you, Colin, are not a fan of, correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it shifts markets, and it's generally the people that have a lot of money that start to force these contracts in because they see a company struggling financially. So they're they're looking at it, again, through book value, not idea right. value, and they're seeing that this company's balances are down so they're looking okay i can make a good amount of money seeing and forecasting that if i hold this short because you can you could dictate that you can create a longer term of time you can limit it there's a lot of ways that they do this but they have a lot of money behind it and so that's what started that whole you know wall street bets on reddit going against because they had found out some of these traders and hedge fund managers that had a lot of money yeah. and had done this before. It was kind of like almost, again, a real-life Robin Hood act. They, they saw it, and they were like, okay, we don't have as much money as them as individuals, but us as a collective, if we can get everybody behind it and air them out and say, hey, look, they've shorted GameStop and some of our stuff that's our, our history, our stuff, let's beat, beat up the big bully. And that's what ended up happening. That's why you saw the run-up. And actually, those people did lose billions of dollars off of that that run-up. So what do you think three of the most shorted stocks to buy are right now? Not you, Lizzo, because I think you submitted the article. Who do you think you would guess? Oh, easy. It's going to be all that stuff on on Wall Street Bets. It's going to be GameStop. It's going to be AMC. It's going to be BlackBerry. It's going to be... Um, so the what? top two were AMC, GameStop, and then the oddball, Bed Bath, and Beyond. Well, that's owned by uh, Ty something. He's a big social media guy. He actually owns that company now, so that's an interesting one. So yeah. the curtains have come down this week for bulls and many of the market's most popular marquee shorts, but on Wall Street and where the show must always go on, the following oversold. Most shorted stocks price charts look ready to be tapped for rolls as best supporting tickers to rally. AMC, GameStop, and Bed Bath & Beyond, the well-known brands and heavily shorted stocks, were in the spotlight for the Reddit crowd the past couple weeks with sequel-like price spikes, paying homage to January's short squeeze spectacle. So taking center stage, shares of cinema chain AMC jumped as much as 500% to all-time highs. So what I wanted to talk about, too, with this was, <clears throat> so this is when you should really be paying attention to like the fact that when we first went in, if somebody had been smart about like 3M, and their face masks while America was figuring out how to go ahead and make them and mass produce them or zoom. It would have been the time to go ahead and buy real quick, knowing what's coming and then sell it later. Right. Quickly. So that's what we're talking about. And then like now, since the, the world's opening back up, now's the time to buy for the movie theaters and stuff that are just about to open that are really, really low, and then go ahead and well, they're sell. Well, not, they're not low anymore. No, they're, they were, though. They were low. So, like, a month ago, that would have been the time to buy AMC. Right, and things kind of op- – and things, to me, opened up a lot, like, quicker than I, I ever imagined. I they, thought I agree. I agree with that. I thought things that were going to do half-capacity movies and all this, and all of a sudden, oh, the CDC just lifted the mask requirement totally, and – Restaurants are at full capacity. I was in MJ's last night, and literally everybody was on top of each other. 
As usual. As usual. But it was like the, it was like the pandemic had never happened. I didn't even see a mask. That is the craziest part to me. And I'm wondering what's going to happen because somebody just told me not to get my um, COVID uh, card for the, what's it called? For the shot, the vaccine. vaccine. They said not to get it. Um, Laminated. Yes, because you're going to have to get more, uh, probably another one a soon. A booster shot. Yes. Yeah. Six, yeah. The, six, eight months, they said it could be a little bit. No, eight months to 11 months is what they said, something like that. Yeah. 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 I think once, I, I, we're going to, the only time will tell. I hope yeah. that it's back to normal. Any other thoughts here, Colin? Uh, no, I, I just think, you know, in the end, when we're, we're looking at um, all this, we just got to take everything with a grain of salt because you are getting it from the media. And I mean, you use an exercise, as I always tell people, co- common logic, you know, what, what would be logical and how would that be? And knowing AMC is doing very well right now and knowing human behavior and that things are opening up, people are going to get back into movie theaters. So there may be justification in them going up, but be very careful when you invest, understand what you're investing in and don't just jump in there and just gamble. Now we're probably going to go over just a few minutes here, but I wanted to just touch on. So for those that are listening and maybe they're getting back to work or they're starting to have a little money or they have some already and they're not sure what to do with it. If they wanted to get involved with trading stocks and all of this, what would be their best initial way to approach that? I, to, to manage risk, I would be in touch with a financial advisor and go the conventional way. So what are some names like, of companies that or, are like financial advisor companies? Uh, or just talk to your bank or what? No, not talk to your bank. Uh, everybody's got a friend who's a financial manager, and I can't think of the name of Scott and Stringfeller or something like that. I don't remember any of the names of these. Um, well, I, I would say you need them, though, being specific. You need to be – they need to be a fiduciary. Right. especially for the novice you know if you're and it actually puts them on the hook whatever they're recommending you do uh-huh. it puts them on the hook for that right. advice whereas gotcha. most of these financial advisors are not fiduciaries they're, right. they're going to be harder to track and mm-hmm. harder to find so i would say definitely find a fiduciary because then again it, it makes them responsible and ties them to what advice they're giving you financially right if you just want to play around with stocks like you're going to the horse track and then get on like robin hood or something like that but be prepared to lose your shorts. It's not, I mean... Be prepared to lose your shorts. Uh, no, you really can. But I would say some tried and true things. Pick up that Investor for Dummies book. It does break yeah. it down simply. And then you get the common understanding. And then look at companies. Don't look at it as a quick flip or a quick amount of money. Look at companies you think will be around a while. Things that you use. Right? Like people always have been drinking Pepsi or Coke or something. And look at companies like that that you actually... You, look at your you look, look at what's yeah. going in your four hundred and one k or whatnot. Your retirement read yeah. read the pr- prospectuses of what these mutual funds are buying and selling. And it's it, a, if it's someone little, wanted to submit a question directly to you, Lizzo, what would they email you at? Lizzo at em two group dot net. That's right. So what's email, email us Michael? directly. That's e michael d at em two group dot net. And and the response line. For those, what would we tell them? Just trust me, okay? We'll be back with our real estate segment. <laughs> 